Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Luke. Once again here with John, and we're here for another installment of the Bleacher Creatures podcast brought to you by Jones and for Sports. Um, not going to pretend that there's anything else to be discussed this week because the NFL draft occupied three days of most people's weekend. Um, so me and John figured since we gave you a preview show, we'd give you a post-draft show with it minus the scout because, you know, as much as that would have been nice... People have schedules. Uh, everything good, John? Yeah. That's that's what's up. So not going to beat around the bush here. Um, who do you think was the clear-cut loser of this draft? <laughs> the laughable Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Just for the we're sake of... We were watching that together. Yeah. And we were like, we were so excited after my Jets. We'll talk about that later. Abominable of a pick. We're like, you know, at least the Raiders are going to make me feel better, right? And you're like, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And we see Clone Farrell. And no offense to Clone Farrell or anything. (laughs) But like, are you shitting me? Yeah, four is a little high. At four? Yeah, it's it's, it's a little steep. Tell me that wasn't a typical Raiders pick. No, that's the kind of, I mean, again, not to shit on Farrell, because it's not like he's a bad player. He was a first-rounder, just not at four. Not with Josh Allen still there. Not at four, not with Josh Allen and Ned Oliver still there. Yeah, or Monte Sweat. And Devin White. Or Christian Wilkins, or Devin White, or right. pretty much everyone in the first round they except went, for Haskins and Jones. They went Byron Murphy, it would not have been his last that is true. Uh, anyone else? Besi- and then, hold on. Well, hold and on. That, at 24, they take a running back in Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Yep. Who had a, an okay, who had a good year, who I think, in my personal opinion, was a good second round value. I, I wouldn't have taken him until later in the second round. Yeah. You take him at pick 24, you're rebuilding your whole team. You're taking him at pick 24. You couldn't have found a running back to use in your scheme in the third or fourth round. Are you shitting me? Yeah. You gotta be shitting. Yeah. I, I have no rebuttal Hold for on. that. And then, and then their last pick, one of the, their only good players, Carl Joseph, the safety from your, uh, WVU. Yes. Yeah, you're uh, Mountaineers. Correct. Good safety, right? Uh-huh. And they take a safety? In the fourth round, Armani Hooker was in the board. Well, also, and well, we're also forgetting that they went out and signed LaMarcus Joyner. They went out and signed another Pro Bowl safety, LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah, so... Charles Johnson, whatever his name is from Florida, was still on the board. Yeah. Third or fourth round. You take this guy in the first round, Abrams? Mm-hmm. You had three first-round picks. I don't even know what the hell you walked away with. A potential bust of 50-50 in the first round. Okay, that's number one. Yep. A potential bust with Josh Jacobs. Because you have a shitty line and a shitty offense. The kid might be doomed for failure. And a guy that doesn't have a starting position at the position you drafted him for. 
because you have two guys who are in their prime starting starting back. Yeah, that's what I, you walked uh, away with, Oakland Nation. Good job. Yeah, any team beside Oakland that you don't say the Giants. Any other team besides Oakland that you think really fucked their draft up? I mean, yeah, but not to that extent. Well, no. Clearly the two worst drafts were the Giants and the, and the Raiders. No one's arguing you there. But me and you specifically mentioned about four different teams that you could say were in the second tier of fuckery. Yeah, the Bengals, the Texans. Packers. The, pa- the Packers, yeah. Yeah, the Packers. For sure. <laughs> It's a little different with them, in my opinion. Though. Based on they, what? I mean, if Rashawn Gary becomes a 10-sack-a-year guy... We're idiots, right? Because I mean, that's genius pick by that. Well, here's my issue with the, with the Green Bay, with specifically the Gary pick. You specifically addressed D-end in free agency. Why would you burn your first, your first pick on a position you just spent X amount of millions of dollars on? He must have been that high on their board, Luke. No, I I guess so. Or maybe they try and convert him to like a maybe an outside linebacker. I don't know, but it, that to me just made no sense. Well, you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let's see, right. Um. What did you do to help him? Literally nothing. Right now, what did you do to help him in the offseason? Literally nothing. So in the offseason, you went defense, right? Mm-hmm. Darius Smith, Preston Smith, and Adrian Amos. Phenomenal. Yep. Then you go Rashawn Gary. Then Darnell Savage. Another safety that you could have gotten similar value in round four. You picked at 21. I don't think he would have been there Then you went offensive four. line, Elgerton Jenkins, who I really like, actually. And a tight end. I don't like that pick in the third round, and then they didn't pick to the fifth round. Yeah, I, I, dude, AJ Brown with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, twenty-one. No, no, there, there was, there was plenty of options they could have taken. Even the Patriots helped Tom Brady in this draft. Yeah. So I don't understand. And you went. It's not like they helped out Rodgers during the offseason. No. Now, this defense is loaded. Maybe they're saying we're going to have a quarterback and a great defense and let our offense be like Aaron Rodgers. You're running this. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm, unless he knew this going into it, he's got to be pissed. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree at all. It, unless it, they told him ahead of time. I doubt they did. You don't think so? Well, if you told Aaron Rodgers, he's the kind of guy that has earned the right to tell you exactly how he feels if he disagrees. Sure. So I can't see Aaron Rodgers being thrilled by saying, oh, yeah, you know those two first-round picks we have? We're going D-end in safety. No, but maybe he was showing the board and the defensive players were top three in each each pick or something. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I'm just saying. But, yeah, you can't be – They that's risky what they did. That's to be determined with yeah. them, I have to say. Yeah. Now, as is every draft pick 
But that more so than not, because if they win a Super Bowl with that defense and Aaron Rodgers, who cares how much Gary contributed yeah. or, or Savage contributed? Let's just, they obviously helped him get there when one way or the other. They have yeah. like geniuses, right? So that's really to be determined. With the Texans and Bengals, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, the Jaguars got themselves a lot better. Saxonville might be back. And they upgraded a quarterback. Nick Foles has been the Nick Foles beat the Patriots. Yeah, well, well forget Foles for a second, because Foles wasn't in this draft, obviously. Any team that stuck out, aside from Jacksonville, any team that stuck out that did well? Did well? Like top five best drafts? I almost want to say the Giants. But I can't do it. After Daniel Jones, yes. After Daniel Jones, they, they Julian Love, DeAndre Baker, uh, Dexter Lawrence could be solid. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. I like those picks. Can't can't don't like Daniel Jones. Um, the Dolphins could have had a great draft. Uh, Christian Wilkins, um, Rosen. They could have gotten a franchise quarterback and a star defensive tackle. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Then, that's to be determined, right? But that's a potential a huge yeah. win for them. I'll give you my my three best drafts in no particular order. Just my best, the best three that I saw. Easily, I liked what Atlanta did because there was no. They said fuck sex appeal. We need we need Matt Ryan to be healthy. We're gonna we're gonna shore up the O line. Love that. That's yep. smart, safe thinking, and the guys they got should be good. Yep. Also say the same thing about Minnesota. Okay. Had a glaring need, addressed it. Pittsburgh, glaring needs, addressed them. Oh, I can't give you that. Rashawn Gary, we absolutely oh, need a linebacker. I can't give you that. We needed a, we needed a third cornerback. We got him in the third round. Oh, I cannot give you that. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. Literally, I'll give me the that. Steelers in top three drafts. I I literally just said in no particular order. Patriots had a great draft. <laughs> I disagree about that too. Do you? Yeah, I did. On what basis? I liked Nikhil Harry, but not in the first round. I again, I think a lot of people fucked up their first round pick, but did great two bet two through seven. Yeah, but the first round picks is usually one of your more important picks. I mean, yeah, I just don't think Nikhil, I don't think Neil, Nikhil Harry deserved to be the first receiver off the board or second no, receiver. Was second, second was second receiver. Well, I don't think. To be fair, I don't think Hollywood Brown should have been the first one off either. No, I don't think he should have been the first one either. But it was very evident they wanted a speedster, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what you're hearing out of Ravens. Yeah. Well, everything they everything they're trying to do now is speed. They're running a college offense. It's adorable. Uh, well, hey, listen, it was, it was better than your Steelers offense last year. Um, let's see. Let's not forget that. Anyone who you think fell way too far? Huh? Any player you think fell way, way, way too far? What you have nothing to say about me making a comment on your Steelers? No, because well, your th- your team picked it three for a reason. That's all. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right, go ahead. What was your question? Any player that you think fell way too far for some reason? 
Byron Murphy. Okay. I, I don't know how. It, I don't want to see. That's one that stood out in my mind because I thought he was the number one corner. But he did go first pick in the second round. It was pretty obvious. Everybody was like, why is he there? Yeah. But the biggest surprise to me, and I'm not even saying this because I'm excited, was Ja'Kai Polite falling to the third round of the Jets. Yeah. I'm not saying that because he could be a huge bust, but nobody took a chance on him in the second round, especially towards the end there. That surprised me. He Towards the end of the second round, how did you not take a chance on what was the second best pass rusher heading into the combine in interviews? Second best, Luke. Yeah. Opposed to Josh Allen. He was above Brian Burns and Montez Sweat. And all these guys, by what, how you saw him play the game of football. Okay? Yeah. So, and based on analysis of his speed and his weight, and he fell to round three. Yeah, well, that shows you the power of bad interviews. Well, right, but that's a huge drop from first round to third round based on... And remember, there was no legal trouble here either. Yeah, right. Right. It wasn't like, you know, he got arrested. Then then it's not that yeah. surprising. It was, I guess it was like the good side of character issues. Right. Yeah. Right. It was, this guy sounds like he's whatever, retarded or not with it or unmotivated. I don't know, but that's what they were basically saying. So, yeah, that was a huge drop. I think A.J. Brown and Metcalf, not one of them was drafted in the first round. Surprise. Yeah, I didn't expect both one or both to be in the first, but one I really did. I I, I not to, again. I didn't think Hollywood Brown and Nikhila Harry were the two best. I thought Brown and Metcalf were. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that Metcalf didn't go in the first. AJ Brown in the second didn't shock me that much. No, no, but both of them in the second. Right, that's what. I thought one of them, take your pick, was going to go specifically to Tennessee, but they picked who may very well be the best D lineman out of that whole class when he's healthy. We will see. Right. That we got to we got to give that a full year. I have no issue taking Jeffrey Simmons there. At ni- at nineteen, no. How could you? No. Um, I tell you what, the cornerback from Notre Dame falling to the Giants in the fourth round. What a steal! Yeah, that was that was a, that was a lot. Out of nowhere. And how the Jets traded down for that. And the linebacker that the Jets got in the fifth round was also a steal. Cashman? Yeah. yeah. I think it was a huge steal. In the fifth round, yeah. a guy that is going to be a day one contributor on a base defense, that's a steal. Yep. Um, I, I Those those guys were definitely all steals in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Now, I'll, let me flip the, flip the coin here. Biggest reach. Daniel Jones, Clone Farrell, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. So all the quarterbacks. Uh, who else? Was there another quarterback taking the first round, Luke? No, right? Yeah, just those three. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Huge reach. Uh... I'm concerned. I'm, was a I'm concerned specifically with Hollywood Brown. It, it you got Jacobs. You, yeah, I 
Uh, the My- other safety that the Raiders got, Abram. And the safety that the Packers got, Savage. Huge reaches. Yeah. Um, I Part of me, aside from the obvious, because you named all the obvious ones. Right. Um, I think the... The tight end that the Bengals got in the second round, his name's eluding me. Um, they could have done, they could have waited about another three rounds before he would have popped up on most people's boards. That seemed like a big reach. But the one I'm going to focus on here is Dallas, second round defensive tackle Tristan Hill from Central Florida. Yeah. If you're taking a kid in the second round and you put a clause in his contract on work ethic, then that means automatically you can be gifted and have all the upside in the world. You are at most, in my opinion, a fifth rounder. Wow. Well, I disagree with you on that. Bullshit. Well, okay. Pretty sure if you're going to make it in the NFL, you have to give a fuck. You could be as physically gifted as you want. If you don't put the work in or you don't want to put the work in or you're taking plays off, then the then the potential is never going to materialize. I agree. That, to me, would scare me if, if I'm a Dallas fan. I, I'm, does, I'm not saying it doesn't scare me. What I'm saying to you is is that every, every time you draft based on potential in the first few rounds. Right. But if that it, goes back to my same thing, comment on Jakad Polite. Yeah, right. I don't think that's if it's a position of need. I don't think it's a bad pick. Right, but did you ever hear anything about Polite taking plays off at Florida? Yeah, of course. Okay, I legitimately hadn't. So if you did, then that makes they, some they, sense. They, they questioned his. They questioned his. Uh, I don't want to say his work ethic. They questioned motor. That. He just his love and like was he. They questioned him. How about that? Yeah. Right? All right. Um, that is what it is. I, I don't think – I think those guys are second-round picks. They're first-round talents that fall to the next round because there's some questions on them. All right. That, I mean, They're first-round talents. Yeah. So now, the, now the, the next question on my head is Jets draft, best pick they made. Polite in round three. Okay. I figured you'd say either that or Cashman. Yeah, I got to go polite. Just on uh, just on the upside? Because he can solve their position of need. Yeah. I hear you on that one. Um, on my end of the coin, I would I would I would have to say Lane in the third or Isaiah Bugs in the sixth. I really like playing in the third for you guys. Yeah, it's. I don't understand how a six foot three cornerback was there for us to take. No, I don't either. And that was a great pick. Yeah. He could be a day one impact player. Yeah, and the kid bugs the D lineman from Bama. Uh, I looked deeper into his tape after we after I knew we had him, and I'm not. He. I'm not saying he was a first or a second rounder. He looked to me like he was two rounds late as far as where he should have gone. You think so? Yeah. And again, this is probably what I'm going to call Alabama syndrome where everyone around you is 
also very, very good. So that might make you stand out a little bit more. But any of those situations where he would be taking on a double team or, you know, just putting pressure, he seemed to do a pretty good job without help. I agree. So I would put those as my two big ones. And then the, 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 the quote-unquote bronze medalist there for me would be Zach Gentry, the Michigan tight end. Okay. Yeah. I I yeah I hear you. Yeah. No argument. Yeah. Yeah. On this one. Yeah. I I mean the the one thing I will say and I I'll say it seemed like as a as a Steeler fan who watched like every second of this draft it seemed like we threw out the conventional playbook and like actually like addressed needs as opposed to just taking best player every round. Well, I think you got the best linebacker available at your pick in Devin Bush. But beyond Bush, like I was shot. You you saw the look on my face when we traded. I wait a minute. Who who told you that was going to happen? Uh you you had a hunch that that was going to happen. I had a hunch. I said I, I no. I said Luke, they're going to trade up into the top ten. You said no way. So watch, it's going to happen. That's exactly how that went down. All right. Well, whatever the case may be. Oh, you don't want to admit it on the air, huh? I just did. But either way, I I like the complete change of direction and picking the combo of best player that fits our need. I agree. And Yeah. And of all of the first rounders, who do you yeah. think is going to ultimately be the biggest bust? Oh, I really don't want to say who I think it's going to be, which is Chandler Jones. Who? Oh, gee, did I just say Chandler Jones? Daniel Jones. Yeah. All right. And you're basing that on what? I think his ceiling is just the average starting quarterback. What, like the Andy Dalton range? Yes, exactly. I couldn't have even. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Couldn't have even thought of a better comparison than that. That's fair. And if I'm drafting somebody at six, yeah, especially with guys like Josh Allen on the board, Luke and Ed Oliver on the board, yeah, you gotta be a stud. You better be. I like what the Cardinals did more than the Giants. Even though I think that Kyler Murray could be a two-year done type player. If shit goes sideways. Yeah. Because his ceiling, you can see, is so much higher, right? Yeah. I mean, if he turned into Russell Wilson, which is possible, they struck gold. Yeah. What can Daniel Jones be? What? Dalton? All right. I'm not taking Andy Dalton in the first round. If I'm drafting a quarterback, you better be a franchise change. Right. That That's understandable. By all accounts, uh, my answer to that question would be have if if obviously you just said Jones, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably Dwayne Haskins. Really, on the sheer basis that Terry McLaurin is not enough of a weapon. 
for him to make the immediate impact that I think he's expected to. Okay. Like that, if I'm a if I'm a Skins fan, that would um, that would be worrisome. Okay. Um, also, it it seems like the Redskins just kind of are that snake bitten team right now, where shit's not really going their way. For sure. So I think they're just on the bad side of karma right now. Okay, I could see that. Um. Aside from that, they ha- they do have two very capable running backs, and I'm curious to see how they you know commingle. Oh. All right. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's gonna matter much of that offense. I mean, yeah, but at least having two very capable because remember, Darius Geis has zero traction on his tires in the NFL. You also got Adrian Peterson still there. That's also true. So yeah, they you know the running backs might save Haskins, but because you know he's starting. Well, I don't even think they have a choice. Well, between him and Josh Jackson, it's shouldn't even be a comparison. I don't even think they have a choice, dude. Well, Haskins and Murray are the two quarterbacks on their respective teams that are better than any other option. Yeah, absolutely. By far. So automatically, you I mean, obviously you pick Kyler Murray at one overall. He's your fucking starter, barring injury. Mm-hmm. Haskins. I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't say Haskins would start over Alex Smith, but Alex Smith may never play again, so we kind of have to go to him by default. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, what the hell was the last question I was going to ask you? Um. God damn it! I hate when that shit happens. When you have it right on the tip of your tongue and then it just goes away. What did it have to do with? Obviously, the draft. Um, Good, bad, a certain team, a certain player. God, yeah, it's gone. I can't remember it. Um, I know the other thing you had wanted to bring up was the current state of New York baseball. Yeah, how do you think we're doing? Well, you called me, I believe it was yesterday, and were pretty much asking me in so many words, what the fuck happened to the Mets rotation? Yeah, what did happen? Um, The best explanation I can give you is DeGrom... Something there's got to be just something minor going on with the Grom because even if you've figured out quote unquote the Grom, he's too good to be figured out. Um, right. With Syndergaard and Wheeler, I I kind of feel like people have caught on to their like routine. No, Wheeler's fine. Wheeler's fine. Yeah, I I'm but I, I know. But Matt's right now is your best starter, which is weird to say, but. As far as aside from the, the, the ten inning or the ten run fiasco in Philly, that you know, that was a blip on the radar. Syndergaard got lit up and from what I saw, it seemed like it it just seemed like Darno called a terrible game, which is probably why he got cut. I don't know, that and the 
Darno also started Degrom two of his last three starts. So I think maybe Mickey, maybe Callaway was smart enough to pick up on the on a trend where maybe Darno is just not a good catcher, and it's a matter of time before he gets hurt anyway. Why keep him around? Well, I definitely think that Darno is affecting the rotation in a negative way. Now, who did who did they call up? Plawecki? No, Nita. Oh. So they traded Plawecki. Oh right. So your two those are your two catchers. Him and uh him and Ramos. Yeah. Okay. So fair to say Ramos is going to be catching five days a week minimum. For now, I think they know it's not the long term solution. Obviously. Fuck no. But your your next catcher, where like the the third catcher in line, where is he in your farm? Double A. Mezzarocco was our starter last year, who did really well. Where is he at now? Binghamton. They cut him because he didn't want to go to the minors. He only wanted to be on a major league roster. That's a valid argument for him because he he's a damn good catcher. Um, I'd call him up right now. Yeah, he knows the system. Why not? He knows the guys. He knows the staff. Yeah. What What do you do? You think this? I want to hear your explanation. Does the Mets staff turn it around, and why? Y- yes, because they're too good. There's just. There's certain rotations in this in the current state of baseball that are too legitimately talented to be underperforming for a prolonged period of time. The Mets, the Indians, uh, teams of that nature, Houston, they fit that bill. Even Tampa, they fit that bill. I don't know if it was Darno just calling terrible games. I don't know if it was them just having a series of off starts. I I don't know. But they're they're just too talented. If the pitching turns it around, do you think the Mets win this division? Poof. That that depends entirely on your offense. Because let's say let's say the offense keeps playing the way they are now. Well, of all of your young guns that have been making the impact so far, the one I think can prolong it is McNeil because I think he's of the young guns. I think he's your legitimate best major league hitter, where he's not going to be dependent upon the long ball to be productive. McNeil's the kind of guy, and we've seen this already a couple times this year, he'll go three for five, two doubles and a triple. Or three doubles. Or, you know, he has no problem spraying the ball. That's to me, is assuring. Remember, they got Cespedes back too, Luke. You keep saying that, but I, you can't count on him, A, staying healthy, and B, you can't rush him. And I'm he, not rushing them. Take your time. But if, you, if they made the postseason run, you would be on the postseason roster. That's totally fine. I'm also – And con- Jed Lowry. That's true. Um, when you – at some point, because this happens to every rookie, Peter Alonzo at some point is going to go into a slump. It just That's the way rookies go. Judge did it. Betts did it. All great hitters do it at some point in their rookie year. 
if he goes, what do you think, two to three weeks where he's in like a 10 for 45 kind of slump, his, I mean, you don't pluck him off the field because he's a hell of a first baseman, you know, for as far as defense is concerned. I just think if 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 you if you detect the slump in Alonzo, um, you gotta you gotta work with that shit quickly because you need the bat the, you need him in that lineup hitting. Well, that's great. We'll give him a few days off. Put Dom Smith in there. Put Todd Frazier. Put Lowry. That's right. You have like five options you can rotate in there. Um, you know, I'm not. Yeah. The depth of this team is real. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying it's not. Which I, I wonder. Which you know, what's funny. Your team has more depth than it's had in years, and now I'm starting to wonder why would you cut Mezzarocco? Just because he's not that great of a hitter. I think they wanted to give Darno respect, and it didn't work out. Yeah, I don't know. You have depth everywhere else. And catcher is kind of an important position. It just seems like why would you cut arguably your best defensive catcher in your entire system just because he's going to hit you 220? That doesn't seem... I fully agree. Yeah, that, that doesn't seem logical. Granted, if you can get him back for league minimum, great. <laughs> More power to you. Now, now on to New York Yankees. There's really you mean Scranton? Yes. Um, I have no idea why the hell we're playing this well. I mean, I know why because the starting pitching has been going over five innings and giving usually less than three runs. It's the classic formula. Our bullpen has been dog shit, but we've been lucky enough to be getting the, like these five, six run leads and just holding them. Yo, winning games like seven four, six three, eleven five. You know those kind of games. Um, Domingo Herman looks like our best pitcher right now. Him and Paxton. Um. And at a certain point, we get our we piece by piece. We're getting our guns back. Starting, I believe, the timetable said next week for Stanton. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you seem to have a. I'm not too sure on that. Well, again, at this point, who the fuck knows? Um, yeah, at a certain point, you you never think coming into. Yo, not even May 1st, that you would have to completely reconsider your 40-man roster. And we have now hit this point where the 40 is getting all sorts of shaken up. This is weird. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love the Cameron Maben trade. That made total sense, and he's been producing since he got here. Um... I'm just concerned, like, at a certain point, Tyler Wade can't hit for shit. He's a great fielder, but he's he's a nine-hitter. He's a nine-hole guy. It, you know, losing Urshela hurts more than I think a lot of Yankee fans are going to admit or are aware of. Losing LeMay, he was going to hurt. 
Um, the only hitter you would fear in our lineup right now is Voight and Sanchez. LeMahieu's the biggest loss. Well, yeah, because he was literally our stopgap everywhere. And he was getting hot again, too, and which was that, annoying. The best bat in that lineup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in terms of just being a pro hitter, yeah. Um, aside from that, there's really not a whole lot to say. I mean, recently in the AAA ranks, we've been winning championships and getting deep playoff runs. So I think Do you're... The Yankees make the playoffs as of right now. <sighs> I'd have to say yes, because at a certain point, the, the actual talent is coming back. And we're, we're showing now that we can tread water. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not impressed by going to San Francisco and sweeping uh, the Giants, who clearly suck. Um, winning three of four in, in L.A., I didn't think we would do. Especially extra inning games, like, you know, the gritty kind of grind them out games. What about games. the Rays? What? Where do you stand with the Rays? If they don't win the division, they're at worst a wild card. I I legitimately don't know what's wrong with Boston. I love it, but this team, this is this is the way that they play. The years that they finish in fourth or dead last, where just nothing goes right, nothing clicks. Do you think they don't make the playoffs? Well, let's be real. Boston's fully healthy right now, and they're barely better than Baltimore. It's hard for me to 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 say you, yes. You think it stays that way? Uh, no, I think at worst, mainly due to Toronto and Baltimore being Toronto and Baltimore, that they'll finish in probably third. Because Tampa's model is built for longevity and long term success. And the Yankees have proven they can. You can take half my roster, and we can still win. Boston right now is yet to be yet to catch you know any sort of momentum at full health. I agree. I I don't know what's going on with the Red Sox. I don't think the Yankees possibly make the playoffs either. Though I'm impressed with the Rays. Well, yeah, right. No, the Rays deserve all the credit in the world. I'm not. No, I'm not trying to shortchange them. Three, Luke Snell, Morton, and Glass. Now, huh? no, it's no. Like I said, the Rays have a roster that's young. Everything they do seems to turn into gold, and it's fucking annoying. I every move they make, it seems like it's just a an A plus. Right. Nobody wanted Avisael Garcia. He's he's hitting. When they made the trade and traded Jake Bowers. They got Yandy fucking Diaz, and he's like the best leadoff hitter in baseball. I know. And then they trade Chris Archer. Now, yeah, I wouldn't say nobody thought they got ripped off, but they were like, all right, like whatever. You know, Austin Meadows, he didn't play so well. Maybe he'll turn it around. Glass now, talented, but never did anything. Bam, Glass now. Cy Young conversation, Austin Meadows, top five majors in RBIs. Yeah. No problem, right? Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you'd have to figure Kiermaier gets hurt because he's usually good for a DL stint or two every year. They're banging in the walls all the time. Yeah, right, with the kamikaze-style defense. But they have enough 
pieces where they can easily lose a piece or two, and it's not even it's it's not even a worry for them. It, 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 they I, if I'm Evan Longoria, I'm pissed. Yeah, I hear you. Because fucking the guy they traded him for, Willie Adamas, he's what their seven hitter. Yeah. Like they don't even. They're they're keeping the pressure off the right guys and putting seemingly the right they figured out the right guys to kind of rely on the Meadows the fucking Yandy Diaz's the rotation yeah. and not to mention their eighth ninth is nails yeah and their starters seem right. to have no problem going six to seven yeah well and I what You're- was what was weird was when Tampa got swept at home by Boston. That was weird. Yes. But then they just went to Fenway and returned the favor. Right. So they just showed we're 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 here to stay. Yeah. If if I'm the rest of the AL East, that's like a like a warning shot. Like we're not going put on anywhere. Note. We're putting you on notice. Yeah. Well, Tampa. It's not like Tampa was bad last year. Just Oakland really overachieved. Tampa arguably. So, so did Tampa. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, if you had to pick the two the two overachievers, every, I would still say it's Tampa more than than any other team. No, last year I'm saying, the, yeah, because the division they're in, right? That was literally their only downfall. And also, Boston had the year last year where not a single thing went wrong. I mean, let's just look at these guys in Tampa Bay's bullpen from yesterday's game with the Rays. Morton six innings, two seventy ERA. Rowe three five. Kolarek, 1-7. Castillo, 2-7. Alvarado, 1-5. Pagan, 1-2. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah, and then not to mention, they still use the opener, and that's working. Stanek's like their perfect guy for that. I know. Yeah, they just, love they love that opener thing. It works for them. Well, it's also, it, that's their version of the Wildcat, where, like, that's their baby. And it worked. And it doesn't work for anybody else the same way, really. Um, I think, well, they're a year ahead as far as implementing it and road mapping it. Other teams, How do they road map that? Well, I've, I've, I'm on record as saying this, I believe, on multiple occurrences. Tampa, and it's not even close, has the best analytics department in baseball. They have to. No, d- Absolutely. There's no way you have a team that where you where not a single person is a household name and you're this good without without phenomenal analytics. And I would make the argument if Kevin Cash isn't the best manager, at worst, he's the third best in baseball. Absolutely. Yeah, this is it's 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 like it's annoying, obviously, because I have to deal with Tampa. I and what's uh, I'm also shocked we haven't played Tampa yet because we've played everyone else in our division at least once. But like this is this is this is weird, and we and for the record, the Yankees always have trouble winning in Tampa. Right. We we always seem to go like, if maybe 500 on a good year. So the, I, I agree. Yeah, this is this is this is fucking weird, but it's 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 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing a small market team win and be good because it provides that kind of beacon of hope to a team like Kansas City where if you follow this mold, you can compete with a bottom third payroll. I agree. Like it's, I mean, granted, you also need Tampa's farm system, which is hard to find. But it's I, again, I just got a very uh, interesting update on my phone here. Not to interrupt yeah, it. Go ahead. What do you got? Jets were had it all done to trade up in the second round for McCole Hardman out of Georgia. However, Kansas City up by trading one pick ahead of the where the Jets were going to trade to, and Kansas City's pick. Got, or trade got in 15 seconds before the Jets did. Wow. That's how Hartman ended up a chief over a Jet. <coughs> Shit. Well, well, it definitely means we would not have gotten Ja'Kai Polite. Yeah. Um, Both are boomer bust picks, you know? Yeah, I think the Chiefs need hardman a little bit more than you do because hardman at that point in the draft was one of those guys that could maybe fill in for tyreek hill i could see that well that's like the whole well okay of course the timing of this tyreek hill thing by the way since we're since we're still on air the timing of this tyreek hill shit was fascinating like of, of course all it always why is it now that every like week if not day before the draft you can legitimately ask the question who's going down like who's going to jail who's getting cut or who is like you know like a couple years ago was laramie tunsil with the gas mask you know this year was tyree kill which i have a theory on that What's your theory? Go ahead. Let's hear it. I believe on Wednesday, it was maybe, yeah, some point last week, Patrick Mahomes got named the cover athlete for Madden. Yeah. There you go. Mm. The Madden curse is a real thing. Antonio Brown was last year's, and look how that worked. Mm. Antonio Brown decided to, to, to become a literally insane person and is now a Raider. So for those of you who think that the Madden curse is bullshit or the Drake curse is bullshit, you're wrong. The both of those are very real. Mm. Got me there. Yeah. Touche. Yeah, I mean that's a bit of a deep dive, but listen, there's too much of a track record on both of these to 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 just wipe them off as useless. I agree. Yeah. But back uh, well you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. Well back to back just to finish off on the baseball. So before you got the the update, we were saying that Tampa clearly is like establishing themselves and is like, you know, doing all the other small markets kind of a favor by painting the picture of how to be successful with a with a bottom third payroll. Yeah. The only thing there's two things I need from Tampa at this point. Number one, their throwback jerseys need to be their full-time home. With the, with the rainbow print, those are fucking Agreed. awesome. Agreed. Secondly, they need to leave Tampa and become the Expos. Oh, God, Luke. What? 
Come on. You know. I'm sorry. Do you have a problem with that? No, but that's one of your things that, like, you know, come on. Really? That's what you got to say? Yeah, because the one thing that Tampa seems to not be able to fix is how to get people to show up to their games. You win some games. Dude, did you see the last time they were in the playoffs? The stadium was still at least a quarter empty. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, dude, it's bad. It's mainly geography. Because there's a one-lane bridge getting in and out of St. Petersburg that you have to take to get to the stadium. It's a, it's a terrible layout. It's also a terrible ballpark. There's no appeal on it if you're a fan. Aside from, I guess, dirt, dirt, cheap tickets. But Montreal needs the team back. I don't see why the Nationals would keep it because they, ne- they never wear Expo throwbacks. There and Montreal can easily build a new ballpark in three years. Tampa can't seem to figure anything out. Yeah, they do seem like a franchise uh, going down the tubes, don't they? Also, baseball kind of owes Montreal for '94. Very true. And moving them, which was also fucked up and uncalled for. Hey, I don't, dude. Listen. We sometimes we could sit here, bitch, as Jets, Steelers fans, Mets, Yankees, but Jesus Christ, imagine being like one of those teams out there, man. Just you know, every year it's like never ever gonna happen under any circumstance. Well, if you're like a, Mon- a Bengals fan, well, right. It well, it, well, let's also be real. If you're a Montreal fan, and all you have is the Canadians who currently suck dick, um, you don't really have anything going for you until the CFL starts up. That's depressing. Or I, I guess I, or I guess you can go watch beer league hockey if it's if you're that desperate. Beer league hockey. But imagine uh all right, how about this one, Luke? Imagine being a Redskins fan. Oh. Imagine being a giant fan. Dude, but you know what? Like, they won Super Bowls recently. <laughs> yeah, right. They have plenty, like, you could see them turning it around at some point. Mm-hmm. But, like, these franchises that just, like, look, every year, you know they're going to suck dick. Oh, yeah, the Lions. The Lions, right. You're like, dude, I'd bet, like, a gazillion dollars every year that they won't win the Super Bowl type of team, you know? Oh, yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders, for yeah, they're, oh, they're really a rock bottom. Yeah. Oh, you got to feel bad, Luke. You really do. I really don't. There's two teams in the league I feel like are on the wrong side of karma. Or like the Charlotte Hornets basketball. They need the to move. Oh. Yeah, I know this is an interesting one. I know you're a basketball guy, but I heard an interesting stat about the NBA uh last night actually. Which was what? The worst team in attendance in the NBA the last I want to say 3 years is who? This might surprise you. I don't know. Who. The Charlotte Hornets. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched a video on like 10 teams that need to relocate. Um, the first one they mentioned was the Hornets, followed by Tampa Bay. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. 
Yeah, just for this is like a golden age of viewership for the NBA. If you are the last in attendance, that's a huge problem. Especially if teams like the Knicks, the Nets, fucking, you know, there's certain teams that shouldn't be beating you in certain things. Right. Charlotte. Right. The Knicks should not be out, especially this past season. The Hornets should not be getting out viewed live by the fucking Knicks. Yeah. That's a problem, especially when Michael Jordan owns your team. You're absolutely right. So I, I, yeah, yeah. I figured you'd find that nugget a little, uh, little, uh, interesting. No, I definitely do. But, uh, why don't we wrap this one up? Cause we're pushing an hour. All right. I'll give you a shout in about uh, five, 10 minutes. Yeah, that yeah yeah that works. All right, all right. Talk to you then. Peace. And that was the newest installment of the Bleacher Creatures podcast, brought to you by Jones and for Sports. I know I say this every week, so just keep doing it. Um, anywhere where social media lives, you can find the Bleacher Creatures. You can find Jones and for Sports. If you are curious to see the or listen to any of the other podcasts in our affiliate network, uh, Jones and for Sports Media on Facebook is the place to find them. They're all really well done. They're all very, very good. They're all very interesting, knowledgeable hosts, good content. Do us a favor. If you like what we do, go check them out. Uh, other than that, enjoy your week. Hopefully your team didn't fuck up their draft, and we will see you next week.